I'm Autumn Brown. <laughs> I'm like, who am I? A queer science fiction writer, a mother of dragons, a theologian, a writer, a facilitator, living in Minneapolis, about to go to Hawaii. Yeah. I'm Adrian Marie Brown. I'm Adrian Marie Brown. I'm Adrian Marie Brown. And I am literally doing nothing. <laughs> and for six months. For six months. That's what I'm in the middle of doing right now. So that's who I am too. I'm nobody and nothing. Oh. It's dreamy. A girl is nobody. A girl is no one. <laughs> um, and this is our outro for season four. Which also, oh no, outro for season three. Yes, teen up season teen four. Teen up season four because you're doing that. And um, also outro for the entire decade of oh my God. 2010 to 2020. That's right. Um, and 2019 to 2020. So it was so funny earlier today to be explaining the fact that it was the end of a decade to the kids. Yes. And explaining to Siobhan that she was born at the beginning of this decade. Exactly. And that like now we were at the end of it. Yeah. And the turn of the decade. And I was like, we're about to enter the third decade of this century. And she was like, what is a century? And I was like, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Well and I love that I once again got to show that I always say nineteenth century when I mean twentieth. Yeah, I mean, the way that we talk about it is confusing (laughs) because time is a construct. So what we wanted to do is come to y'all briefly and just say some of our things that we feel proud about um, that have happened in this past decade and Mm -hmm. happened in this past year. And then what are some of the things we're looking forward to for 2020 and for Mm -hmm. the next decade? And let you know what the show is going to look like during my sabbatical and feel like in it's going to be exciting. So. Yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff planned. Yeah. So I would love to like pose this question to you first. Cool. Um, but like first, what do you feel proud of of this last year? Yeah. Which included so many things to feel proud of. Yeah, and good. also, what do you feel <laughs> proud of for this last decade? Mm. Ew. Um, it's also tied together like mm-hmm. in a very direct way I can see the way this decade swelled up into what manifested this year mm-hmm. um, like I in 2010 um, you moved to Detroit I moved to Detroit <gasps> that's so intense to think about that, so that was 2010 the or social like forum it was like the fall for the 2010 social forum social forum wow and so it was like I did the social forum and I finished basically I wrapped up the work that I'd done for the social forum and for the ruckus society that same summer because I thought it was cool to have two jobs at once for a year. Yeah. And then... It sounds so you. And so me. <laughs> especially given this year. Um, and then I really set off on an adventure of learning, like, what does it look like to really work for myself? Like, mm-hmm. to self-direct and to consult and to facilitate and mediate. And um, then I was like, wait, I need a break. Like, mm-hmm. running all that stuff and doing and learning all that stuff, I needed a sabbatical back then. So in 2012, I took a sabbatical, mm-hmm. and really, I think emergent strategy really solidified during that time. That it was like, oh, this is an actual thing. That's right. And um, I came out of that, did the work of moving that book out into the world. Um, Octavia's Brood came out into the world, and pleasure activism came out into the world. Mm-hmm. So in in my 
arc of the decade, it's been about moving these three big ideas one at a time out into the world Mm -hmm. in partnership in different ways with different people. And I think I've learned so much about like, um, how does, how do you move an idea from one mind to many Mm -hmm. and how do you gather an idea from many minds into one place? Mm -hmm. Um, so that feels like the kind of, you know, larger work and I'm really proud of the decade I've I've mm-hmm. been involved in um, and I've been doing this gratitude practice to close out the year and it's been really fun to be like yeah what have I done this decade and it's like I'm really grateful for all the practices I've been in this decade mm-hmm. like I really picked up yoga I picked up tarot I picked up meditation I really like cemented my writing practice yeah it's like, like this is not a sidebar part of my life but this is actually like a centerpiece of how I am. And you really like, you really turned and started identifying as a writer during this decade. Exactly. Like I was like, hold up (laughs) y'all. You know, this is truly what my heart desires. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can think of many pivot points during the decade when I turned to someone and was like, I'm a writer. (laughs) And, you know, making that face, (laughs) this this very constipated (laughs) face of pain that was like, it breaks my heart to try to deny it in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I may not be a great writer. I may never be a Toni Morrison writer, but I am a writer and I have to mark my territory and claim my space and write my words. Mm -hmm. So this year, I mean, seven immersions, three facilitation trainings, a book tour, a book, finishing another book. Like, this year was an epic output year, and I feel wrung completely out. Like, I'm like, I used every ounce of creative energy and life force that I had to move things into the world, which yeah. I feel very proud of. Um, I feel proud of the way I showed up personally for several people in my life this year. Of Like, I don't know what to do. But I do know that I can be here. Yeah. And including this bitch right here. Including you, my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, girl, I will just stand next to you. Let's see what's happening. Exactly. Um, I will literally stand next to you while we deal with this situation. <laughs> and the word comes up maelstrom. It's like mm-hmm. when, when other people are in the maelstrom of their lives, what what is the skill set it takes to stand next to that? Um, and I feel like I, I showed up that way in mm-hmm. ways that kind of surprised me. And I'm like, I'm pretty selfish, but I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so. you you had like um, multiple rescue missions this year. It was a rescue. That was a really, it was, it was really amazing to watch like you do it. I'm going to have to write about just like literal rescue shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I fell in love this year and that also feels like an act of great bravery for someone like me Mm -hmm. um, because I'm so solidly like good on my own Mm -hmm. um, that someone really has to kind of knock me off my feet in a major way. And And someone did. And and, you know, love has been such a shaper of this decade too. Um, And I feel like I've learned a lot about love Mm -hmm. and, and this feels like the most fun, delightful way that I've been practicing it in a yeah. long time. So uh, so those are some of my things mm-hmm. that I feel good about for this past decade and for this past year. And I'll say the final piece is just, I keep talking about this, but it really is like to, to pull off what I feel like has been pulled off with Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute feels like a miracle to it's me. It's unreal. That I'm like, I really gathered together like some Emergent Strategy Avengers team um, <laughs> and then I was like oh wait like 
y'all good actually mm-hmm. like i'm gonna go rest now and actually let y'all form yeah you're like the yeah. tony stark of the avengers team except you're mm. not dead you're just like taking a break i'm just like taking my little iron man thing out and exactly like, mm-hmm. use this i'm gonna go sleep exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so so i don't have to be dead mm-hmm. <laughs> so how about you what do you feel proud mm. of as you reflect on the decade and um in this past year well, with the decade, it's actually it's so much easier in a way to answer that question than it is to answer the question about the year, because yeah. in some ways it feels like the end of this year is like rushing up to meet me, and I'm sort of like, whoa, like how did how did a how did a whole last year happen? That yeah. doesn't make any sense to Keeping me. Like, what day is it? Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, wait, is it actually Saturday? What yeah. the fuck? No, it's Sunday. Um, but yeah. um. But I feel, and and like, I think part of it too is that like, you know, this year has been a very um, traumatic year for me. And a lot of the trauma of the year began at this time last year. Last year. And so, in a, and what's that, what's that quote of like, um, like the past is not even past. Yeah, whatever the quote is, you know what I'm talking about? I thought you were going to say, Olaf, when I'm older, this will all make sense. Oh my God, I've totally... (laughs) When we watched the Frozen 2 movie, I absolutely 100% most identified with Olaf in the Enchanted Forest being like, this will all make sense when I am older. Exactly, and I was like, this is fucking scary. Yeah, this has been like, that was, that's absolutely been like my entire year of being like, someday (laughs) I will, I will be able to like harvest lessons from this like, absolutely uh, ridiculous experience that I am like being subjected to but right now I can't really quite figure it out um but um oh yeah I think the I think the quote is like the past is never over in fact it's not even past and I and I'm feeling that right now that like from the perspective of my body like I'm I'm not I'm not beyond the things that have happened yet and so so that's something I'm just holding with a lot of tenderness Um, but I do have things that I feel proud of about the, about this last year. So I'll come back to that. Um, but the easier thing I think is like, um, noticing that, like thinking about the conversation I had with Siobhan and being like, oh yeah, June 2010 Mm. is when Siobhan was born. (sighs) And within two months of her being born, I moved to rural Minnesota and basically constructed a very different life than mm-hmm. I had ever led before um, and learned a ton of skills that I did not have prior to moving out into the woods yeah. and really like discovered whole other like aspects of myself and focused so much of my life force around um, rearing these like three brilliant beings and so when I look back on the last decade it like even though Finn was born just before this last decade started Finn was born in 2008 I really see that the thing I'm most proud of of the last decade is like my creative work of raising these children that's right and um and it's you know it is so like 
like no matter what I do in the world, I can just feel so clearly that like it is the most the most important thing I can be doing is parenting in a um ground in a way that's like grounded and rooted in like a belief in transformation. I would say one of the things I'm most proud of in the last year is that and I think I talked about this uh, in a show earlier in the year, but I did manage to um, produce really quality creative work yes, inside did. of this year, in, including that like in some of the worst parts of the maelstrom, I finished a final draft of my book. Um, and novel. I also, yeah, my novel, which I feel so proud of. And I, I love, I love the work that I've created so much, which I know is a big part of, you know, I, I made, I basically opted at a certain point in the spring to, um, to set the work aside so that I could actually protect it from what was happening uh-huh. in my life. And I feel, I feel good about the fact that there will come a point soon where I'll actually be able to return to it yeah. and, and fully complete it so that it can live in the world. But I really decided I'm protecting my creative work right now. And I also continued orienting to creative practices throughout the year. And I think that really saved me in a lot of ways. The other thing I feel most proud of this year is, um, I was sharing with some of the people who have been in my support crew over the last year that I really survived this last year on friendship and family. Mm. And I think the thing I feel most proud of about that is that like, I really opened the gate. Like I opened the door and I let people see what was happening. And I allowed myself to be vulnerable with folks in my life, close in intimate folks that I had never allowed myself to be that kind of vulnerable with. Yes. And that was necessary. And I feel so proud of myself for like letting the fortress open. Yes. And being like, here's what's actually happening. That's right. And I need help, you know. That's right. And that takes, that like took, I can see now that it took so much more courage than I really understood. Yeah. And like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Um, yeah, I had to jump on that one too. I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, like both as getting to be part of your support circle and being like, it's so beautiful to get to see a person whole in that way. Mm-hmm. And then I also feel like that's been my practice. That's been like one of my major practices. It's actually just relationship. Like being like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a real person in the world yeah. and not my projected self? in relationship to other people's projected selves. <laughs> right. Um, and I, f- I feel like, oh, the headway that I've made there is so rich. Yeah. And then it changes everything. Right. You know, it changes every interaction. Right. It literally does. It's like, I'm, I've noticed for myself that I have like almost no pretense left in me now. Yes. And like circumstances where I would typically go right into performance mode, yeah. I it's like not even there anymore. I can't, I can't pull it off. Yeah. Which is Sometimes I wish I could, but like, I just can't. <laughs> but on that tip, I was going to segue into asking you about, sweet, um, uh, both like what you're, what's ahead for you as yeah. a part of the sabbatical. I know some of what you're up to, obviously, yeah, but, um, I know, um, that you're about to embark on a really amazing international journey. That's true. And, um, but I think what I would be really excited to hear you talk about, um, is your 
sabbatical boundaries. Yes. I'm so excited about this. I actually created like a piece that, cause I was like, people started asking me all these questions and I was like, Oh, like, you know, and they're wanting to be supportive. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, well, you want to be supportive of me, but this is not feeling supportive. This is feeling in like, you're getting all up in my business or you're getting, you want more from me somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really funny, I just want to know exactly when I can contact you exactly. again. Exactly. When can I contact you again? And, and also, what is like, the best way to be in touch with you? I contact instead of you <laughs> at any point? And it was so funny because I ended up doing an accidental test run because I said like, oh, it's sabbatical week. And people didn't know whether that meant it was starting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a flood of messages from people that came in that like, there was like, Oh, wait, 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 more, 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 more. That's how it felt, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ah. I just um, said the I word sabbatical. sabbatical. Like, yeah. I don't want to, but then I was like, oh, let me like be clear with people. Like, what is a sabbatical? And it's like, this is a paid leave. Mm-hmm. It's a time that you take off to explore and to journey and to write or to right. reflect. And to, for me, it's really about integration. Right. Like so much has happened and I've been moving you know, one of my good friends recently was like, I wish that someone would make a documentary about just the last three months of your life <laughs> and slow it down to the speed of like a, a year or something. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yes, it mm-hmm. feels like that. So I made this like sabbatical boundary stuff and it was like asking for people to send me stuff that's really cool and fun and interesting and like not related to work. Mm-hmm. And then asking for people to ask me, questions about my heart and how I'm doing mm-hmm. but then to understand if I don't want to answer and yeah. to understand that like I, I have given so much of myself to people mm-hmm. and now most of my sabbatical is about wanting to protect it and claim it back for myself right um, Zach sorry the air just came on hopefully that doesn't sound too horrible to you mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but then I really wanted to be clear to people about what is and isn't work because I think that that is something that people are not clear about. And so they don't understand when they are asking you to do labor. Totally. And I'm like, it is labor to ask me to refer you to other people. It's labor to keep asking me how to contact people at my organization when those emails are all over the place. It is labor to ask me to pick my brain. It's labor to ask me to schedule stuff with you. It's mm-hmm. labor to ask me to assess what you should do next in your life since I'm not going to be around to tell you. It's right. labor <laughs> to ask me for an interview. Like, it's labor to ask me to teach you something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I will offer everything I can generously, but, like, these are all the different kinds of labor that mm-hmm. particularly I see black women asked to do for free all the time. All the time. And I'm like, it's all good. Like, I mm-hmm. offer a lot of this, and I don't mind it. But when I'm saying that I need now a break from it, it's just so deep to see how many people, and particularly how many people of privilege quickly are like, wait, I demand access to you. Right. And right. so then I realized that like, even people asking me to continue to hold my boundary actively is a kind of labor. And I wanted to like articulate that to people. And I'm like, Wait, say it again. So it's like if someone's pushing against my boundary over and over again, like even like the number of DMs I get where I'm like, oh shit, now I have to respond to this DM to be like, oh, actually I'm on sabbatical. Right is work <laughs> right <laughs> um especially when it's like oh if there's 20 messages like that a day or mm-hmm. 50 messages like that a day all of a sudden it's like that's an hour that can be an hour of responding to oh people oh my god don't um, or clearing out dms or whatever right, to be able right. to get to the stuff i actually want so 
that was a big piece of it was also saying like don't assume a familiarity that isn't there like, mm-hmm. don't slide into my dms to be like i can get around the boundaries that you've set up oh my god so i think that that actually speaks to what this next decade is going to be about for me which is hmm. setting boundaries around myself now that this exposure level of exposure has happened that was mm-hmm. unexpected being like okay how do i now set some container so that I can still feel very free and abundant and generous with right. whatever it is I want to bring into the world. And protect your life force. But yeah, then I'm like, it's a life force and it's precious to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things I think I'm up to for this coming year and then for the decade beyond. And then the things that I am calling into existence for this next decade are a real um, engagement of gifts. So this has been like this breakthrough that I've had and I just keep feeling into it and saying it, but they're like, I really have lived my life up until this point as if the best way to exist is to just pick one of my areas of strength and just only focus into that area Mm -hmm. and kind of feel ashamed if I start doing things in other areas of strength. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... It's it's like it's egotistical, right? To be like, oh, I'm, I'm also, also great at this, writer, right? You know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or even to try something different, right? And I I had this breakthrough. Like, it is not egotistical to live into the gifts that I've been given in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be egotistical to move into areas where I don't feel any gift and just be like, I'm great at French, and like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Time and time again, she tries and fails. Exactly. Uh, Merci, merci, merci. No, um, but I think that, but I was like, it's not actually humble to be in a state of denying what God offered to me. Denialing. Which is also one of my gifts is creating words. So I'm not going to be denying myself anymore. Never again. Um, Dialing into denial. So no, I really feel like Um, there's some things that want to come through me and so far I have not given myself the appropriate space for them. Mm -hmm. I think I've got musicals in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I've got fiction in Mm -hmm. me. Um, I think I might have plays in me and Mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel stage them. left, stage right. Exactly. <laughs> put on a wig, bitch. I'm gonna get some lines. Um, but I just feel excited about creative outpouring, and like being like facilitation is one area mm-hmm. where I have felt confidently strong, and where I have felt very clear, like oh, I can see how this is an offer to liberation work, mm-hmm. and but culture. Like shaping culture and generating culture and creating culture feels like another major area mm-hmm. where I feel really called to contribute. Yeah. And where I've seen so much bravery from so many people in my life to be like, oh, culture is a place where you shape change. Totally. And I'm like, I believe that. Why don't I let myself practice that shamelessly? Mm-hmm. So that feels really exciting. I think the other thing is finding the right relationship between home and journeying. Mm. right like I feel like I'm such a finding like balance exactly but I'm like I love my nomad self I want to do a big world tour where I just go around the whole world and talk to people about Mm -hmm. the ideas that I've been growing and 
like what is the right amount of home that allows mm-hmm. for that journeying to feel really rooted right um and i i think i made some headway this year and then like let it all go so those feel yeah. like the major things that yeah I'm, i remember that you had set out this year with an intention to be home a lot more exactly and then by the end of the year you were like on the road pretty good Mm -hmm. right like last year because last year was the year that I started like having plants at home that's right and that was like the way that I could tell that I was home enough that I was like I can keep my plants alive by myself right Right. (laughs) and then this year it got again to the place where I was like I need someone else to basically be helping me with my plants in exchange for using my laundry Mm -hmm. and and that's fine, and that's communal, and it's beautiful, and I miss my plant babies, right? and I miss my home, and I love being on the road, mm-hmm. and all of that is true. Um, and I think it's probably going to be a lifelong question, but I do think there's something around, like, you know, do I need to create more homes and more places so that home gets to be an experience that I can have in my nomadic self? Hmm. I'm curious about it, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the answers are, but... Um, yeah, I feel I feel like those are exciting questions that I'm heading into for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What do you feel like you're turning towards and looking forward to bringing into this world? Well, you know, I feel like I'm still... I'm just... I don't think my head is there, frankly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really not. I'm like, I'm not... Uh, Can you talk about the boring thing? The boring thing? Just wanting things to be kind of like... Oh, yeah. Have a okay. Year, I'm so excited <laughs> about this idea. Um, I was talking to a dear friend of mine who has also had a very tumultuous year. And we were just like laughing together about how wonderful it would be to have six months of zero transformation and no growth whatsoever. (laughs) And just have like six months where our lives felt like just profoundly boring and nothing was happening beyond the most mundane things. And um, so that is like one of my intentions for 2020 is to... not have to be so attentive to my own growth. Um, I would like things to to I would like things to get boring. I would love to feel like I could um binge watch a television show. Girl. Um right now, like the way my life has gone over the last year, I haven't had any free time you're right and I haven't so I haven't been able to like read or watch tv or do like any normal things that Americans do and (laughs) I just am like when do I get to binge watch an entire tv show over the course of a weekend that I don't have my kids like I want that experience so um and just I feel like killing Eve is just like waiting for me um so that is that is one of my intentions for 2020 but truly like where I'm at right now is that like my head's not in really the zone of like what am I looking ahead to or setting intentions around for like the next stretch of my life I'm more in the zone of Mm -hmm. like how do I just like notice what I want that's great like I want to just I want to right now I'm kind of like um, I'm going through a process that feels really good of like exiting several, um, uh, exiting several coping mechanisms that are not resilience mm-hmm. practices. And I talk about this all the time when I'm teaching, 
about like the difference between <laughs> resilience practices and coping mechanisms. And I've definitely, they are very different. Sometimes and they can have like a Venn Sometimes diagram. there's a Venn diagram. There is a Venn diagram. <laughs> but, but a lot of the things that I've been doing, not a lot. I mean, like I've been super conscientious in some ways over the last year. Like yeah. I have, for instance, um, I had almost no alcohol at all over the last year with the exception of like a few nights over the holidays recently. But otherwise I've been like just totally avoiding alcohol consumption. And I didn't, I was never a a like big time alcohol consumer, you know, like I would, I've never been like someone who's like all that into alcohol, but I noticed this year how important it was for me to be sober at all times basically um and so right now I'm in a process of like letting go of my coping mechanisms and replacing them with actual resilience practices so like I just quit smoking which I feel so so proud proud of myself for I'm like fuck yes I did it Um, it's so hard it's well what's interesting about quitting smoking is that I'm one of those I always feel like I shouldn't say this out loud because you do um because I think for people who like struggle to quit smoking, they yeah. hate to hear this. But I'm one of those people who actually can quit easily. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never had a hard time like picking up cigarettes for like yeah. smoking for a few weeks and then dropping it. Yeah. Um, but this year was the longest stretch of time in my adult life that I have like smoked continuously. Yeah. And it was like one of the primary ways that I was coping with getting through the year. Um, and you know, like that, a lot of what goes with that is like, you're, you know, when you're parenting, I mean, at least for me, parenting and smoking don't go together. So I was in a constant process of trying to hide the fact that I was doing it from my kids. Um, and so I'm feeling really excited about like letting go of that and replacing it with like the things that my body actually needs right now. Cause my body just desperately needs to be cared for and to be healthy um so you deserve that I deserve that shit so that's a big part of like this this moment is just like slowing down noticing like oh what do I actually want in this moment I would like to sleep or I would like to read or I want to slow down and notice my digestion enough to be able to notice whether the food I'm putting into my body is actually feeling good or not. That's right. You know, like a, right. a lot of what I perceive the next year being about is like, um, like exiting um, some of the just like hypervigilance that I've been in and mm-hmm. really trying to ground into like uh, a sense that like, I'm not actually under threat right now. I can relax. I can, yeah. my gaze can be like, like more Wider. like 180 yeah. instead of like 45 degrees. That's great. <laughs> you know? That's so great. that feels like, that feels, and that feels like that's all I need to think about at the moment. It's making me think, there's this you meme, know? I may have mentioned it to you, or maybe mentioned it to the podcast before, but it keeps coming up to me, which is like, it's like someone just looking desperate and just being like, God, 
I've had, you know, I don't need any more things that make you stronger, (laughs) (laughs) but don't kill you. (laughs) I'm good. Like I'm as strong as I would like to be currently. (laughs) That's how I feel. And I keep thinking of that where I'm just like, I'm good. I'm my cup, you know, like my cup runneth over. Some part of me is really full and I need to pour out a little bit Mm -hmm. and like process what's in here. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, like I look at my life and I'm like. You know, I've been wishing for things to get easier for many years. Yes. And they haven't gotten easier. And I recognize that, you know, like, I learned a lot more this past year about my astrological signature and what that has to do with some of what's going on in my life currently and some of what I will probably likely always be dealing with. Some of stuff. I got I have some really really intense stuff in my chart. Yeah. And I have a very strange and unique signature. Yeah. And and the more I've learned about it, um the more I'm sort of like, okay, uh, it makes sense it perhaps it is going to be the case for some time yeah. that I will experience a lot of hardship. Yeah. And um it might be good for me to figure out how to stop wishing for ease all the time because it's my it may not come at least not in the next couple of years Mm. and so that's another thing that I'm kind of thinking about like even as I set this intention for boring I'm like yeah it might not be boring for a while it is is so interesting just at a base level of a sag life you know just like sag is about change it's like and how you know when things settle you're like what needs to shift right and And that's like and and i think as i've i've talked to my i think i've shared this with our listeners before that i am a sagittarius like times five because i have five planets in sagittarius in my natal chart so i've got the planet of change, Jupiter, Girl. ruled by Sagittarius, or the ruler of Sagittarius yeah. in Sagittarius, alongside my sun, Mercury, Uranus, and Neptune. So, and Uranus and Neptune are also about change, change. and dissolving. Exactly. And so, like, there's a lot, and our whole generation is about change and dissolving. So, like, there's a lot <laughs> going on yeah. that, and I, and I think I just need to. There's some level of acceptance that I need to reach about the fact that, like, I might be in a lot of instability for a long time. Well, but I have to say, <clears throat> I feel like this is one of the, like when I think about like, oh, I'm, what have I been harvesting this year? Mm-hmm. And even like, how did I make it through this year? Because I did more things than was actually possible to do. In the time person, that you had. In the time that I had. Mm-hmm. But part of it was some acceptance of like, let me fully accept what I'm capable of and how I am. Mm-hmm. And both positive and negative sides of that mm-hmm. so I had this year of being like I'm not a manager of people so I'm not going to try to do that right. I'm not capable of it right. I won't do it and I'm going to just release mostly what comes from not doing that right like <laughs> right like I just sort of like I'm not managing that's not happening something else is happening accept it mm-hmm. and where the places where I struggled were where I resisted the truth of who I am and how I am mm-hmm. and the places where I excelled <laughs> were when I accepted and was like I someone else needs to do this piece or mm-hmm. actually I can do that even though everyone else thinks it's totally not doable right. or whatever it is and that acceptance 
led to the stability inside myself that right. was really unexpected. And so in these moments of what I think could look chaotic, I felt very peaceful. And then the times when I didn't feel peaceful were when I was wrestling against mm-hmm. what was coming and what was meant to be or how I am meant to be. And I feel like that's the thing I want to continue. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not... In- <laughs> I know this sounds great. The big lesson. I'm not in control of other people. Yeah. Like, I really am not in control of other people. Right. Accepting that has been so liberating. Like, I'm right. just like, oh, a lot of my chaos comes from trying to fix and control everyone else. Right. And... I can't. Right. So letting go of that, there's something so spacious. I'm like, if I only have to really hold it down for like me, and then what I'm responsible for is just communicating as best I can to other people about what is impacting me and Mm. how I am, it's much more doable. Totally. Totally. So I want to say I'm heading on this sabbatical, and I look forward to our return conversation in six months and I wish for you some boredom and I mm. wish for myself some integration Yeah, and I'm curious to see what actually happens for us because yeah. um, you know sabbaticals also often are a time of breakdown and I might just be crying all over the world yeah. that's also cool with me right um, <laughs> as Olaf would say I don't know what transformation means but I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens for each one of us it's going to be so interesting I have to say Frozen 2 is the highlight of this decade. Now, we are going into this period, but we're not taking a break from the podcast. So we're going to do our normal break around this, which will Mm -hmm. be about a couple months of time off. But you and Zach are going to be cooking up something that I really want to make sure the listeners get to So we have... Which they may have been waiting for for three seasons. Exactly. So, yes, as anyone who's like a longtime listener of the show um, and has been with us from the beginning will know we've talked um, since the inception of the show about doing episodes that are kind of more oriented towards like the hard skills... Um, of survival in apocalyptic and disaster conditions. Um, and then beyond the hard skills, some of the, um, some of the more intense and hard conversations that we need to be having within our communities um, about the issues we are likely to face under apocalyptic conditions. And so what we've decided to do is take this time um, when the show comes back for season four um, in the spring, which will be around, we'll, we'll, we'll come back around March, 2020. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing an apocalypse survival mini series, um, that's going to be focused on a series of topics that are related to both those harder skills and harder conversations. So we're going to be talking about access to water. We're going to be talking about, um, rehabilitation of land and food access and, um, cultural food recovery projects around the U.S. that are really looking at like what is a holistic approach to food access under apocalyptic conditions. We're going to be talking about the really um, uh, controversial subject of arming and disarming and like the question of 
of how we protect ourselves in apocalyptic circumstances. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about the internet after apocalypse, you know, like what, what is, what is going to be our relationship to technology and particularly digital technologies under <laughs> so those conditions. Get your somatics together. Um, exactly. It's like, <laughs> we're all basically going to have to learn ESP, but, um, <laughs> um, so there's a whole bunch of, we're going to talk about raising apocalypse ready kids. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that we're going to be talking about over the course of this um, mini series, and we're really excited because another really dear friend of ours, who's an activist and producer, writer, and just brilliant person all around, um, our friend Kat is also going to be producing a podcast that's um, that's similarly focused around the same time. So we're going to be cross posting episodes. We're going to be doing a lot of. Um, related content. So our goal here is to to focus the first half of season four on like a more kind of like direct learning experience I'm around so to to around this. apocalyptic conditions, and then Adrian will come back to us um, for the second half of the twenty twenty season. We'll but we're hoping <laughs> then we'll go back to talking about feelings, yeah. and everyone gets to be excited about that. Our hope <laughs> is that we will also get to get some um, missives from Adrian yes. while she's on the road. I'm bringing my recording um, equipment. Adrian's bringing her recording equipment. We hope that we can get some Easter eggs from Adrian because we know how important they are to her, to all of us. To all of us. I'm going to be dropping eggs. You'll be dropping eggs place. all over Throwing the world. Eggs, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll like, you know, we're going to keep integrating, but I'm. I'm really, really excited about this little like mini journey that we're going to go on through mm. some of these like really, I think, what can be very troubling waters, but are also yeah. like really important parts of the subject so, for us to tackle. Well, and I also, I mean, I'm really excited because I feel like it might change the whole show. You know, like I think that this is something we've been longing for. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that listeners have been longing for and... We know so many people in our community know. Oh my God, so we much have such a wealth of resource in our movement communities yes. on these subjects. Because yes. as we always say, you know, like any issue that we're facing, there's already, there's already people who are coming up with solutions to that issue. Right, that's one of the principles of of the movement building work that you and I do, yes. and that we're the people that we're in relationship with do. And mm. what that's one of the things that's so exciting about this is that we're going to get to uplift all of the incredible work that people all over the country are already doing around yeah. exactly these questions. I'm excited to listen. Yeah. I love you so much. I and love you too. I'm, I'm going to miss I'm, you. I'm going to miss you too. Um, and, and I'm excited for this. This feels like a good step for us. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be bomb. It's gonna like be bomb. everything. It's going to be bloom. Um, so it's gonna be bomb, and then it's gonna bloom like flowers in the aftermath of war. Okay. On that note, uh, <laughs> that's what we should have called this podcast: flowers in the aftermath. Flowers in the aftermath of war. <laughs> How could my body betray me? Guess? That's the title of the episode. Um, um, so <laughs> How to survive the end of the world is produced and edited by the beloved Zach Rosen. 
You can become a supporter, like a donor patron of our work by going to patreon.com slash into the world show and give us resources that help us to produce the show. And will help us produce the miniseries especially. So now is a really good time to give. Oh, How to Survive the End of the World is on Facebook and Instagram at End of the World Show. Oh, yeah. And And Twitter. We're also on Twitter, but I don't remember what our handle is. End of the World PC. End of the World PC. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and music for today's show is going to come from Mother Cyborg and Tunde Alanaran. Wow. Who've been with us this whole time. So good. magical humans. I'm amazed that we did our outro credits and we still figured out how to get all... I think that's the first time that we've done it out of order, but it still works. It worked. And from the Easter egg... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I had one teed I up all this time, bitch. I literally feel like Maraid when I do this. Um, <clears throat> and also the thing I said I wanted um, <laughs> is if you were to pick um favorite artist and a favorite movie from this past decade. From this past decade? Come is on. too hard? That's too past, hard. Year, past, past year. Past year. Past year. Okay. Favorite artist um, from this past year. Uh, do you want to go first so I have time? <laughs> well, because I, I suspect that you have something teed up in your brain. Do you know what's so interesting is, um, so I'm listening to you, but I'm also thinking at the same time okay, of good. what my option is well, going to be. I don't know that it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. Sh- I think I can only do it for this past week. Ooh, do you know what I'm what saying? Happened, like I'm happened? just sort of like I've just been read like I've been reading nonstop. Basically, like already the main part of my sabbatical has mm-hmm. been that I've just been reading. I've mm-hmm. read like seven books or something so far, and I read finally after years of wanting to the the short story collection "Stories of Your Life and Others" by Ted Chiang. Oh yeah! And I was literally like gasping the whole time I was reading, just like what so a good. big beautiful brain. Um, and when I think about several of my favorite pieces of art or other magic from this past decade mm-hmm. um his work influenced it or was directly related to it you know yeah, the movie totally. arrival like there's just like stuff that i'm like ooh, ooh, oh oh right ooh, that's ooh. right his He's, short story mm-hmm. he wrote a short story that arrival is based exactly. on right I love exactly that and then there's there's other stories that he wrote that i'm like oh that showed up too mm-hmm. whether it was his idea or just that idea came out in other ways um and then I want to say this this last three Star Wars movies um, all together. Oh, so like, good. we just saw the final one. And I think the last these last three, that has been some of my favorite movie content mm-hmm. of this past period of time. But I'm like, these movies, like, we, we are re-watching them. And I'm just like, they're really beautiful and really powerful and give you a lot to think about and talk about and sit with and be with and wrestle with. And, uh, you know really thinking about what does it mean for me you know I keep thinking about like what does it mean to engage something as massive as the force and to understand that everyone can access it yeah and some people have a lineage of access to it and Mm -hmm. others don't and no matter which lineage you have you ultimately have to make a choice at some point of which side you're going to serve right are you going to serve the status quo which moves us towards uh dominance and control culture or are you going to move away from that and are you going to be part of a rebellious force that continues to move life and magic and connection and you know like life in the planetary sense like Mm -hmm. how are we connected to place and caring for place versus destroying place totally so those would be my my choices those are good choices thanks those are good choices 
I feel like artist of the decade for me is Kahinda Wiley. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, I feel like... Brilliante. Brilliante, exactly. Like, his work is just so stunning and, um, yeah, and just, like, profoundly, like, revolutionary yeah. in my mind in the way that, like... Um, like the particularly the way he creates like very large pieces of art artwork, like yeah. the way he he like, um, like takes up enormous physical space with black bodies and I really surrounded by gorgeousness. Yeah, um, is been very profound and healing for me. I think with movies, gosh, that's a really, really hard but good one. I think for me also, I can I can answer this of the decade. I feel like Moonlight is yeah. the movie of the decade for me. I, I feel I like, like in part because, <clears throat> and this is going to sound so like um, maybe like tender and corny, but there's a scene in Moonlight towards the end once he's reunited as an adult with this boy that he like fell in love with and is, is a high school student, um, they're in the restaurant and the 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 other man, the man who like I think runs or works at the restaurant, turns on the jukebox, yes. and the song that starts playing is "Hello Stranger." Hello Stranger. And that is one of my all time favorite songs from my childhood, Ours. and I hadn't heard it in ours I hadn't heard it in like I hadn't heard the song in like probably over a decade and so when it came on in the movie I just started weeping yes and I just it's very rare for me to have that level of like a physical response to a film to be filled with that kind of nostalgia it was like it was like watching a film that I've watched my whole life you know (sighs) so that was really cool and that I feel like that film has really stayed with me I love that. Good Even Easter egg I question. do cry at almost every movie I see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I cry hard yeah. in Frozen 2. I mean, I no, I cried during Frozen 2 as well because, but it was like the tears of like liberation. It was exactly. just like, was she's like, so free and she's discovering herself <laughs> and she so really knows who me. she is. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like if it had been a week later from now, I probably would have a hard cry about something else. Like I just I'm, I'm <laughs> just crying all the time. <laughs> I also want to give a, sh- a decade long shout out to Kimberly Drew and Taylor Aldridge and the whole arts black crew and like the folks who've been uplifting black art for this past decade because mm-hmm. I feel like they've changed the whole landscape for someone like me who I'm like I'm not in the art world going to the museum all the time but they make sure that I know and see and you're love. not going to the museum all the time girl you gotta go to the museum I'm gonna change my life change your life that's my easter egg <laughs> thank you love y'all good night